It, isn't it a, a blessing to have the, those sisters sing for us and with us? Amen. Yes, thank you. My favorite part of music um, is, well, I shouldn't say that because I like all the parts, but my, one of my favorite parts is harmony, and I love sibling harmony because it, it is so beautiful. I just want to um, make a, a, a quick little plug for this because it's going to start next week. It's called Cherish. On the announcement, it said one book per couple. That did not mean that you're limited to one book. I asked uh, about that, and they said, well, when people are registering as a couple, they ha we'd have to register each one individually. So there will be more books available. I recommend you both getting one. Um, if you can't afford it, just let us know that. Uh, but uh, we'll have extra books. It's there's only six chapters in this book. It's real easy to read. Um, and, and I'm not going to be teaching it alone. <laughs> uh, Janice and I will be together on this. Um, but this book, is, the, the, the title comes from this. If you, I've been doing weddings for 42 years now. And, uh, and, and today, most people want to write their own vows and come up with something uh, meaningful to them. But uh, if you remember the, the old-timey service, that's also actually called the Episcopal service, in case you didn't know that, it says to love, cherish, and honor, right? It's got the word cherish in it. And so we talk a lot about loving our spouse, but very little about cherishing our spouse. So this author did a great, 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 great job uh, about that subject, and uh, Janice and I read that, I don't know, six months ago or more, and, uh, and, and did it together, and it was just such a blessing, and I wanted to share it with you. So if you are newly married, married for, you know, a long, long time, uh, however you would count that, or one day you hope to be married, I would recommend coming to this. I went to marriage and parenting conferences before I was married or had kids, because I wanted to get ready. So this would be a good way to get yourself ready, too. So uh, I just want to encourage you to do that. Sign up. Uh, however we're, you're supposed to sign up, I don't keep up with that. So uh, you saw the announcement. Please do that. I think you can call in or do it by, uh, on the computer. Uh, so I appreciate that. And also, I go over a lot of verses in the sermons, and I just want to remind you that, that you can go to whatever your uh, app store is, uh, I, I knew a guy, he was out of the loop for a long, long time, and when he got back in the loop, uh, he was told, well, you can get an app for that at the app store, and he said, well, aren't they closed now, because it's after hours, um, but anyway, he didn't know it was actually on the phone, but, but you can go to your app store, it's Calvary Stanton, it's got that orange-looking uh, graphic C, and my notes that I use are there. And so all the verses that I have printed here will be there. Now, sometimes one pops in my head and I say it and it's not there, uh, right there, but, uh, but you'd know the difference. So the ones I will use today are on that app. But right now, I want you to open your Bibles to Luke chapter 17, Luke 17. And uh, today we, we have been uh, in, this, in this model of talking about prayer and we've been using what is known as the ACTS model, not A-X, but uh, A-C-T-S, in meaning, um, using that as an acronym, the A is adoration, the C is confession, the T is thanksgiving, and the S is supplication. Now, those words fit, but they're not words we commonly use. Adoration is worship of God. Uh, confession is confession, but it, it includes repentance of our sin. Today is Thanksgiving, and Thanksgiving is the giving of thanks. It's not the holiday. Uh, and supplication means asking for stuff, is how I say it. But it's when we ask God to do something for us or, or, or meet a need in our life. And so today we're at thankfulness. 
And, and as, as I studied for this, as I started looking to it, um, and by the way, we call the whole series Prayer, We Need God, and, and these four areas really help. We also use Second Chronicles 14, If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will uh, hear their prayer, and I will heal their land. Well, where do I come up with thankfulness? It's humility, humbleness, it says there in that verse. You cannot be thankful unless you're humble because you have to have humility to realize that everything you got came from someone else. Thankfulness or, or that a gift is something that you could not get. And so this, this humility, this thankfulness that comes in uh, there, we see in Luke 17, and it's a familiar story. If you want to turn there at verse 11, on the way to Jerusalem, He's passing along between Samaria and Galilee, and as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, we're not ten cleansed, where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way, your faith has made you well. Jesus marvels at this guy's thankfulness that he, out of ten lepers, we don't know the nationality or the ethnicity of the other nine, it could have been anything, but the Bible is careful to point out that the one who returned to give thanks was a Samaritan. Because the Jewish people look down on Samaritans like any prejudiced person looks down on anybody that they're prejudiced against. I mean, it, 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 it was bad. It, it, was, it was really bad. They would not have cared to... Uh, in fact, the, the story of the Good Samaritan, Jesus was doing that to show and make the Pharisees confess that a Samaritan who showed goodness to a Jewish hurt person would be your neighbor. And, and to get them to understand that, that it doesn't matter your ethnicity, it doesn't matter your nationality, we are called to love people to Christ and to, and to be thankful to God for our salvation and share that with others. And so in this story, this Samaritan comes back to say thank you to Jesus. And it's like, where are the other nine? He, he makes a point that, that this man did not, uh, that the others did not come to thank, but this one Samaritan did. As I started reading verses about thankfulness in, in preparation for this, number one, I was, I was astounded by two things. Number one, I was astounded by how many verses in the Bible are about thankfulness. It, it's a ton. And, uh, and I, I didn't get through all of them, I'll tell you, it was that many. And then secondly, I was astounded at God's judgment against those who are not thankful. That it is something that God takes extremely seriously. It... it, it, it it, it just, you know, you kind of assume, you know, well, yeah, we're supposed to be thankful, ha, ha, ha. God calls out judgment on people that aren't thankful. And so, after we're done with this series, guess what? I'm going to do another one uh, leading up to Thanksgiving, and I'm going to pull out more about Thanksgiving. So, this is kind of like an introduction to a later series on thankfulness. I'll hit some high spots here. And here's what I want you to take home with you today, that thankfulness is found only in humility. You can't find it anywhere else. It, 
you won't be thankful if you're proud. Nobody would say, thank you for giving that to me, but you know, I deserved it. You should have given that to me. You know, that's pride, right? Thankfulness says, wow, why would you do that? Thank you. It's, it, it shows humility. And that's why God loves a cheerful giver because a giver has realized that what he has isn't his and he shares it because he's grateful for what God has supplied for him. He is thankful for it. And so I, I, today is just some, we're going to look at three different kinds of people. The first kind of people we want to look at are those who are never thankful. Do you know there are some people who are never thankful no matter what? And so I, I'm going to show you a few of those in the Bible. First of all, thankfulness has to be taught. Here in Luke 17, we just read it. We read about these people. That one guy was, it, even though he didn't say, hey guys, let me teach you about thankfulness, but by his actions, he showed the other nine what they should have done. Especially, you know, that, well, where are you going? He said, go see the priest. Yeah, before we get there, I'm gonna go thank him for what he did. And then for Jesus to honor him and to say, good job, teaches those other nine that they should be thankful. But, but, there are those who will never, never, ever be thankful. And so the first one we see is unthankfulness marks an unbeliever. Did you know that? If you're not thankful, it shows that you are an unbeliever. Here's what the Bible says, and you can write this down, Romans 1, 21. And listen to what it says. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Now, that's a strong statement. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness, unlike God, and unrighteousness, not doing what God wants you to do or doing what God doesn't want you to do, of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, his eternal power, divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so that they are without excuse. For though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. Wow. Man, when you start seeing it through those eyes... Or give thanks to them, but they became faulty in their thinking. When you're not thankful, it messes up how you think. They became unfaulty in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened, claiming to be wise. They became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore, God gave them up to the lust of their heart, to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forevermore. Amen. Do you see that? That they did not honor God nor were thankful. And God said, fine, you can have it. You see, no, everybody always says, why would God send anybody to hell? He doesn't send them there. He just gave them what they asked for. We were all on a road to hell. He is a Savior who saves us from our own destruction. He's not destroying us uh, because he's angry or anything like that. He's, he's trying to save you from that, but he won't, he won't come in in a way that, where you're not a cooperative person in that. And then the unthankful always says that God is not enough. 
We see that in Numbers 4 when the children of Israel are, are going out of Egypt. Numbers uh, 14, 1 through 4. And the congregation raised a loud voice and the people wept that night. And all the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. They're not thankful. They don't have humility. The whole congregation said to them, Would that we had died in the land of Egypt or we had died in the wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land to fall by the sword? Our wives, our little ones will become prey. Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to one another, Let's pick a leader and go back. They were ungrateful for what God had provided because it didn't look good at the moment. They wanted 100% pleasure and no problems and no pain. Listen, if you've been in slavery for 300 years, you're escaping that, and you've got to go through a desert to get where you're going, that's not going to be a walk in the park. They should have caught on to that, right? But instead, they're grumbling, they're angry, and they're mad. And the rest of the story is it didn't end well for them. God supplied what they needed, but those who refused to turn back to God were destroyed. And so there's those who are unbelievers, there are those who don't think God is ever enough. And by the way, if your life looks horrible, we ought not seek things of this world. We ought to seek God. And God ought to be enough. And if God's enough, then the things of this world become lessened in importance in our life. We make much of things of this world because we don't make much of God in our lives. And so the third one I would say is that unthankfulness is unbelief in God's goodness do you think that god loves you yeah the bible says he does do you think god knows what is the best thing for you do you think god only gives good gifts yeah he always does he gives the best to those who love him he said Therefore, what you have and what is in your life is God's best for you. And Hebrews says, therefore, be content. Listen to Genesis chapter 3. Man and a woman in a garden. They don't have to work like we have to work. They had to work, but it didn't make them sweat. And they grew a garden that they didn't have to pick weeds. And never had to do anything out in the rain because the mist would come up from the ground at night because it didn't rain in those days. That's another sermon. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And he said to them, uh, he said uh, to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, which God did not say that. We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the serpent said to the woman, uh, I'm sorry, uh, we may eat of the free, fruit of the trues, trees of the garden, but of the tree, this tree we cannot eat. And the servant said to the woman, you will not surely die. God had said, if you eat that, you'll die. He meant a spiritual death. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The pride and sin of man is to want to be God. And in ungratitude in a garden of Eden, they wanted more. When Nelson Rockefeller was alive, they asked him, how much is enough? He said, one more. One more. He was never satisfied. Now, that we have a hymn, I'm satisfied with Jesus. And the chorus says, and the question comes to me as I think of Calvary, 
is the Savior satisfied with me? We ought to be satisfied with Christ. And so there are those who are not satisfied with him. And then unthankfulness shows that we're outside of God's will. Because being unthankful is to be outside of God's will. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Y'all thought I was making an extreme statement. But to not be thankful is to be outside the will of God, for thankfulness is the will of God for you. I, I was shocked. I was amazed. I looked at it and said, wow. Check this one out. This is Ephesians 5, 18 to 20. Do not get drunk with wine. That's debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing, making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always. By the way, there's three kinds of songs listed there, not just hymns. And supplication with thanksgiving, let your request, I'm sorry, skip the verse, to everything to God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We sing and give thanks in our singing to God. And to not do so means we're outside the will of God. I, I, I love music. I tell you, uh, COVID's really hit us. And, and uh, it was, I, I read so many places where people say it was just so good to get back together and sing together. It is, did you know that it, it is uh, illegal in, in Islam to sing? Did you know that? If they kept somebody singing, they'll cut out his tongue. Now, I learned that from a guy who used to be a Muslim. That may not be all, but I'm just telling you, not allowed to sing. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. That's Philippians 4, 6. And so there are those who refuse to be thankful. They're outside the will of God. They, they don't want to be thankful to God, and they don't believe in God's will for their life. Then there are, there, there are those who are thankful for the stuff God gives them, for things. Like only in the right circumstances. In John chapter 11, when Jesus uh, comes to the tomb of Lazarus, both Mary and Martha meet him there. And yet both of them said, if you had been here, our brother would not have died. Well, number one, if I get, you know sick unto death and y'all pray me out of heaven I'm going to be ticked <laughs> we pray keep more people out of heaven we do keep people out of hell this body's going to wear out and give out and I'm going to die that's an inevitability and then secondly <laughs> Lazarus didn't want to come back either he was fine. He was like, "Woo, wow, this is cool. You know, and four days later, he hears Jesus go, Lazarus, come back. What? No, no. Oh, man, he has to go back. You know, the Bible says later on, and many believe because of the testimony of Lazarus. We missed that little phrase in there. They were mad at Jesus, and they were mad, and he was coming to Jerusalem, and they were going to get him. And it said, and many had believed because of the testimony of Lazarus. You imagine what he got to say when he got back? There's so many silent things in the Bible, like the best sermon ever Jesus preached on the road to Emmaus. Don't know what he said. Just said, <laughs> beginning at Genesis 1-1, he talked through the whole Old Testament about himself. We don't even get to know what he said. This is another silence. We don't know what Lazarus saw, but it had to be something because people believe what he had to say. Can you imagine being in the presence of God and the angels and all the departed saints and have to come back? 
That's crazy. I know people today claim they've done that, but I'm not so sure about that, but I know about this one because it's in the Scripture. So only in the right circumstances are they thankful. Those women would not be thankful that their brother was in heaven rejoicing. I'm not saying there's not sadness and sorrow. Of course there is when a loved one dies. We, I've been through that. You've been through that. Of course there is. But on the other side of that is also we don't grieve as those who have no hope. We grieve. Of course we grieve. That's, God gave that to us as a gift to help us to process the pain of the separation that is temporary until we also get to go and be back in heaven with God and with them. But we shouldn't be angry at God in this side. We should be thankful that we had a loved one who loved us and is now at peace and with the Lord. Some people are only thankful when God blesses them. And that's in, in Luke 16. In, in Luke 16, the scripture uh, lets us know this story about the rich man and Lazarus. He didn't even think about God when he was alive, did he? That's beginning in, in verse 19. He, he, didn't even, he didn't even think about God when he was alive, and then he dies and he winds up in hell. And there was a poor guy named Lazarus, and this is a true story, this is not a parable, who sat outside the rich man's gate just begging for some crumbs. And the rich man would ignore him and make fun of him. And now in hell... He wants to know God, and it's too late. But Lazarus, who was content with the crumbs that he might get, is in heaven. You see, we, we look at people that are prosperous and think, well, God's blessing them, and we are unthankful because I'm not like them. I don't have what they have. Why do they get that, and I don't get that? Well, number one, they had an idea I didn't have. They worked like I didn't work. I don't know how all that works, but I know this. Those who just inherit it, it don't last too long. They got to work to keep it if they get it. I got a funny story about that. I can't tell. But anyway, <laughs> and, and so we sit there and just want to sit there and let God bless us. No, God wants us to be at work for him, enriching the kingdom. What did Jesus tell Peter? Follow me and you shall be fishers of men. And then Peter failed the Lord at, before the crucifixion. And that was plaguing his mind. And he's seen the empty tomb. And he knows Jesus is alive. And he doesn't know what to do. And you turn to John 21. And Peter says, I'm going fishing. And a bunch of disciples said, we'll go with you. And they didn't catch anything all night long. God didn't bless them. <laughs> and the next morning, Jesus on the seashore said, hey guys, catch anything? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I kind of knew that because I kept the fish away from you. Throw it on the right side of the boat. You'll bring them in. And when Peter saw the catch, he said, it's the Lord, and he swam for shore. And I love this part of that story. When he got to shore, there was fish on the fire Jesus was cooking. You see, he doesn't need what we can give him. We need what he gives us. And if we'll trust him instead of our own means. Peter was supposed to be a fisher of men. He wasn't supposed to go back to fishing for fish. But God didn't bless him what he thought he be, ought to be blessed, so he went back to what he was used to. But when he got to the shore, Jesus said, you need some fish? I got it cooked for you. You didn't have to do all that work. Here you go. If you stay in the will of God, God has what you need. And what you got is what you need. And if you don't think you got what you need, let him know. He'll either change your mind or give you what you need. It's just that simple. It really is. And God, some people are not thankful, or they're thankful only for things when God gives us what we want. And that's in 2 Corinthians in chapter 
uh, 12, verses 1 through 10, uh, it, it, Paul is, is talking about what God had shown him and given him. And, and he said there was a man, and he saw some heavenly things and, and things that can't even be spoken. And we believe Paul's talking about himself. And he comes down to the end of it, and he says, And so, to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelation, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan, to harass me and keep me from becoming conceited. And three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that that it should leave me. But he said, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so the power of Christ may rest on me. For the sake of Christ, then I'm content with weakness, insult, hardship, persecution, and calamity. For when I'm weak, then I am strong. There are some people that, that want things, and if God doesn't give it to them, they're going to cry about it. Paul wanted something. He wanted that thing that he called a thorn in the flesh, whatever it was, to leave him. And God said, no. And Paul's not going to do it. Come on, Lord. Really, I, I could do more if you just get this thing away from me. No. And he says the third time, Lord. And he said, listen to me, Paul. My grace is sufficient. I will give you the strength to endure. Okay. Paul says, fine. When we want stuff instead of God, it can lead to unthankfulness. I, I thank God that Paul got the right point and he got the victory. But when God doesn't give you what you want, it's because it's bad for you. Because he withholds no good thing to those who love him. And if God says no, it's because it's not his will. It's not good for you. And you don't need to spend a minute or a day or a week or a month or a year or a decade or a lifetime crying and whining about what God didn't give you. Because it wasn't good for you. It would have ruined you. It would have tore you up. God gives us what we need. And thirdly, there are those who are thankful about everything. <laughs> and that's the good ones. I, I spent a lot of time on the negatives, but I, I was shocked. I'm telling you, there's a, a bunch of verses there that show God's not real happy with those who are unthankful. But there are those who are thankful for all things. I've already read, oh, I thought I read one. First Thessalonians 5.18, I did. Be thankful in all things. That's the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So the Bible commands us to be thankful in all things. And by the way, I, I do have a little personal illustration about that. When it was brought home to me, I was in school um, and, and living in a, a dorm with, with 11 other guys. And my car, I had gone to the gym to work out, and my car, I got in the car, nothing. Now, I'm a poor student, <laughs> and across the street was a service station. So I pulled the key out, walked across there. This is before cell phones. This is the early 80s. I know if you're a teenager, you think I rode a dinosaur, but I didn't. Uh, but, but I walked across the street. I said, my car won't start. Here's the key. Can you fix it? I said, well, look at it. I had to, uh, can I use your phone? I had to call the dorm. Somebody came and picked me up went. So next day, I get a phone call. I answer the phone, and they said, hey, this is the garage. And they said, uh, it, there must have been a dead spot on whatever. So we spun the flywheel, and it cranked right up. I said, praise the Lord. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. I said, what do I owe you? He said, don't worry about it. You don't owe us anything. I was like, wow, great. You know, thank you. I'll be there. And I hung up. And I was like, whoa, great. And this guy pops out. I said, what are you yelling about? I said, man, my car is broken. I thought it was going to cost money I didn't have. And, and it's just, it was nothing. The guy's not even charging me. I need a ride. He said, wait a minute. Would you have been that excited if he called and said it cost a lot? And I went, no. 
He said, the Bible says be thankful in all things. Oh, yeah. Boy, he hit me because in my rejoicing, I was really sinning because that was a one-sided attitude. I was only going to be happy if God gave me that. The other one's like, oh, no. I, and by the way, that lesson has to be retaught us over and over and over, doesn't it? I'm thankful God saved me. In Luke 19, 20, we see a time where the disciples are casting out demons and all this great, these great things are going on. God, Jesus gave them power to do that. And we come down to verse 20, and he says, uh, sorry, I must have written it uh, the wrong way, but uh, Luke 10, 20, that's not 19, 20. Sorry about that. And Luke 10, 20, uh, I was right about everything I was saying about it, I just had the wrong verse. Luke 10, 20. And we come down to verse 20, and he says, well, I'm back it up. Verse 17, the 72 re returned with joy, saying, Lord, 